0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. this week we're previewing the return of the head of the Charles Regatta with rowing head coach Peter Steenstra. Plus, Field Hockey picked up a NESCAC win on Senior Day, and the nationally ranked cross-country teams turned in strong performances against elite competition. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. <laughs> The The football team fell 45-7 at undefeated perennial NESCAC Power Trinity on Saturday. Bates scored its lone touchdown on a 28-yard strike from quarterback Brendan Costa to do everything senior Christian Oliveri in the third quarter. Bates is now 1-4 on the year, while Trinity is 5-0. Interim head coach Ed Argast looks back on the game. I was
1: disappointed in the way we performed, not necessarily our effort, but basically half the teams showed up and competed, and half didn't. You know, so we found some things out about some kids, um, which will be good to know, you know, as we as we move forward. After I watched the film, I felt a lot better uh, because we did a lot of really good things, um, and we could point out little thing after little thing and little thing that we did that shows. What kind of progress we're making, you know? And then the the guys who who let us down let us down not with ability but with decision making and, and 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 effort sometimes, you know. So that was that was disappointing, um, but it was good to know. You know, it's good to know as we move as we go. These next four games are going to be important
0: for us, you know. Well, you mentioned some of the good things you noticed on tape. What were those?
1: Uh, our, our offensive line the first 20 plays handled them, handled them easily, you know, and then we got stuffed on the fourth and two, third and two and fourth and two, and and then after that it was, it's my turn to make a mistake. No, it's my turn to make a mistake. No, it's my turn to make, you know. Um, but, I mean, our quarterback couldn't have played better, you know, and that's, that's good to know. Having him going into this, these four games – with, with where he's at right now and his mindset is, is a tremendous benefit, I think.
0: So, yeah, that's probably the best defense Brendan has seen all year, right?
1: No, no by far. Yeah. By far,
0: they're the best. You know. What did you notice about him that really impressed you?
1: Uh, his decisions were, were sharper, I think, this game. And he, he knew what he was seeing and what he wanted to do with the ball, uh, which, which helps. It helps everybody, you know.
0: We had that late touchdown, uh, second-half touchdown pass, I believe, to Christian Oliveri. Take us through that play.
1: Well, th- th- that's a combination that's, that's been successful before, mm-hmm. you know, and we'd like to see more of it. You know, Christian's just getting back now and getting healthy. Uh, hopefully we can see more of that. Hopefully uh, that'll pay off now in the last four weeks.
0: Well, yeah, because you started the year with him at running back, and then right. he got hurt, and now is he back at receiver now?
1: No, he's going to be both. Okay. He'll be both. Yeah. He's a you know,
0: multi-dimensional kid. You guys update on Muhammad Diawara and Jackson Hayes. Where are they at right now? They're
1: still injured. They're a couple of weeks away, so it's tough when you got guys like that sitting on the bench, right. you know, not not coming out competing. So, but there's nothing you can do.
0: Sean Bryan had another good game. It looked like he had over 80 yards receiving. Yeah,
1: yeah, they did. I mean, we have weapons there, yeah. you know, um, and we can spread the ball around.
0: Some of the guys are at a
1: different level, like like Muhammad's, just a Division One wide receiver, mm-hmm. you know. So when he's in there, it really, really tests the defense, you know, and, and, and it helps our one game. It helps everything. Hopefully we'll get him
0: back as soon as possible. And, well, yeah. and then uh, defensively, obviously, trendy has got a good quarterback. He's a leading passer in the conference. I mean, what do you see from the defense against probably the best offense they'll face?
1: Well, it, it came down to numbers, and I don't know that they were 40 points better than us, but our lack of depth showed as the game went on, you know. And and it was seniors against freshmen, you know, mm. for, for a, a big amount of that. So um, some of that was expected, but some of the kids played through and got better, and, you know, some didn't. So.
0: Sure, and now you've got another big test this weekend, right, with Williams coming to town. At least it's a home game this time, right? Be good to have the crowd behind you.
1: They feel they can, they can compete with, with Williams. You know, they, they see Williams as a, a mirror of us. You know and honestly they're probably where will be in two years you know um good coach the best thing about them is they have their their kids are disciplined and they're coached well you know I have a lot of respect for the coaching staff there uh they just got Dan hunt from Colgate which will which will hurt some defenses in this league he'll uh, know because he'll know how to attack them and there are games I'd like to have over again, you know, and, and this would be one of them just so we could show up and, and play to see where we'd really be because we, live in, we didn't get a real good
0: register on them. What are your thoughts you wanted to share about the past game and what your points of since I guess, this week in practice?
1: Um, show up. Yeah, We need to show up. You guys show up, and they believe it. If you show up, you'll be fine. And, and most of the games, they've shown up. You know, uh, really, Middlebury was the the only disappointing in, in terms of how we competed. The other games came down to the last play of the game. Right. Um, and I think they started to see it a little bit as we moved the ball down the field. Wow, coach is right. We can play with these guys. Mm. You know, they're not that good. They're good, but they're not that good. Right. You know, um, not six, three, and outs in a row. Are good. You know, that's that shouldn't happen. Not in our offense. Right, right.
0: Well, Ed Argus, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. The women's soccer team beat Thomas College 5-0 on Wednesday in a game that saw four different Bobcats score their first collegiate goals. Then Bates fell 3-0 to nationally ranked Wesleyan on Saturday. The men's soccer team took an early 1-0 lead against Wesleyan on first-year Simon Clark's first career goal, but then the Cardinals scored three unanswered to defeat Bates 3-1. But the field hockey team did get the better of Wesleyan, earning a 2-1 win on senior day at Campus Avenue Field. Senior captain Emily Giannunzio put Bates ahead for good in the third quarter. Talking senior day here on the Bobcast with Emily Gianunzio of the Batesfield hockey team. And first of all, on your senior day, you got a goal there to put the Bobcats in front there in the third quarter. Tell me a little bit about that goal and what you saw.
2: Um, that was a pretty classic cross from Paige Cody. She's been making them all year. I'm just happy that we finally got to put one away. Um, and it was a really crucial goal. Uh, it started a lot of momentum for the team, so that was good.
0: And then what was senior day like for you?
2: It was really special. Um, there were still some COVID restrictions, but you could tell that the juniors and underclassmen worked really hard to make it, make all the seniors feel really appreciated, and it was noticed. So,
0: What's the senior class like for you? Because you took a year away, and so you didn't come in with these seniors, but you're graduating with them.
2: Um, they've been super welcoming. They've definitely seen my whole trajectory here at Bates, and specifically in the program. Um, I think that they they all were really supportive of me staying back with them and I couldn't ask for more. Like there's nine of us now and I think if you count there's only one, two, three, like five or six who started in their original class. So it's huge of those six to just be so welcoming to the additional three, but it's been a really nice senior year so far. And then
0: uh, you know, a year
2: away from Bates, I mean that must have been odd, right? It was pretty odd. Um, I lived off campus, so I was still around campus, which was nice, and I stayed uh, with my friends who graduated this previous year, so I still got a, kind of a senior year with them. It was definitely different, though. I worked a few jobs around Lewiston, which was nice to get like a different feel for the community than I would typically in a college year. Um, I wouldn't take anything back. I really enjoyed what I did. Um, And now it's letting me have this final season and final year with a little less of the COVID restrictions.
0: Certainly, well, tell us a little bit about the jobs you worked here in Lewiston.
2: Oh, I worked at Ricker Hill, this hard cider apple orchard down in Turner, Maine. I was the assistant varsity field hockey coach at St. Dom's Academy, which is where Paige Cody and Anna Cody both went to high school. I actually coached Anna Cody last year, which was funny. (laughs) And I hosted at Margaritas, the Mexican restaurant down the road for a few weeks. That didn't last very long, though. <laughs> well,
0: coaching Anna Cody, she's a TV. What's that like?
2: It's really funny. She it's, she's a ball to be around. Uh, she actually wrote my speech for Senior Day, and it made it ten times more heartfelt because of what she was saying in it. Um, I love both of them so much. They've definitely. It's crazy how they came in. Paige came in my junior year. And now like they've both made my Bates experience like 10 times better because of them being in it. And it's crazy how they didn't come in until like my third year here. So,
0: And then the coaching experience at St. Dom's, is coaching something you might want to get into? Or?
2: Yeah, I've definitely been thinking about it. I've been talking to Danny about looking at assistant coaching positions possibly. Um, I don't know, just trying to figure out what I'm passionate about and do something along those lines. I feel like. That's every senior's uh, dilemma right now. (laughs) Well, yeah,
0: having been a coach and playing again, does it change your perspective of the game?
2: For sure. I've definitely talked to Danny about this a lot in the previous, like, year to now. And it it opens your eyes to, like, things that you don't necessarily see when you're playing, especially, like, team camaraderie-wise and dealing with a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, And also, like, not necessarily knowing when to step in and what to do in situations then coming back it's crazy to see how like okay now I know like in this situation like that's definitely a coach's position and then this is a player's situation it's it's definitely made it's an interesting it's eye-opening for sure. Well and your
0: thoughts you wanted to share about the season so far and senior day maybe in particular?
2: I think that we are finally getting into stride and we'll see this weekend but I have very high hopes for our Williams games and Colby game, and hopefully that will set us up in a position to be able to continue into playoffs.
0: The volleyball team earned a thrilling 3-2 to NASCAR victory Saturday at Trinity. Bates fell behind 2-1, only to rally for the win. Senior Sydney Phillips led the way with 16 kills, matching her career high, while making only four errors on 31 attempts. She also picked up 10 kills Friday at Springfield, and four kills immediately following the training match against nationally ranked MIT. And Sydney Phillips is our female Bobcat of the Week. Epic five set win over Trinity over the weekend. Take us through that match. Weren't you down two to one and came back to win it?
3: Yeah, that was a really exciting match for us. Um, kind of hoping it will start us on a roll of a win streak. And also it's always just exciting to go to five matches and come out with the dub. Like all of our freshmen, that was our their first five set match. So that was really exciting for them.
0: Yeah, certainly, and you've had a few of those before. What was kind of going through the team's mind though when you're down two-one? What was the talk, you know, between sets to, you know, to get that rally going?
3: Well, usually we're always talking about keeping our energy up and just supporting each other, really being intentional with everything we do, and I just think that especially like the looking at each other, making eye contact when whenever people do something good, and that just really helps get us through the match.
0: And then for you personally, you match your career high in kills. So what was working out there um, for you on the court?
3: Uh, honestly, that day, I just, I was feeling really good before the match. And then my setter, both the passers and the, my setter were doing a great job of getting the balls in system and just putting it where I needed to be. And also, um... The middle hitters they were just being really really loud so kind of getting the other team's attention drawing the block away from me giving me an open net to kind of swing freely you're an outside hitter right yeah i am but i also i'm on the right side some of the time okay so
0: right side or opposite sometimes they call it um what was your relationship like with those middle hitters you touched on it there like how do you two work together as a unit you and the those middle hitters
3: i would say that um just like we have a very good relationship as teammates uh, but also off the court like i love all the girls on the team they i consider them all my really good friends so it's just like our communication we're always talking always um looking forward to the next point having a strategy so that really helps
0: so after a five set match against trinity you have to play again right right after that against a nationally ranked mit team what was that like
3: Honestly, it was just really exciting to have that opportunity. Like, we always love good competition, um, and they had a very fast game, so just making sure we really stayed within ourselves and played our game, I think that's how we did so well against them.
0: Right, you put a little scared on them there at the beginning, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. We honestly, I feel like we kind of surprised ourselves with how well it went, and from that point on we were like okay we can play with them and we just had fun with it Emily
0: Hayes new head coach this year for the team what's she been like
3: it's been awesome having Emily Uh, she really like we talked about or like you talked about before brings the attitude of gratitude like we always are saying thankful and proud of and I think even though I'm sure everybody like is thinking about that on their own just verbalizing it is really important
0: and as a senior, what's, what's the group like? I know it's a somewhat small senior class, right?
3: Yeah. So the seniors, I think myself and Megan and even Brittany off the court now, we've all worked really hard to make sure the team dynamic is good because we really just want everybody to feel like they're an equal member of the team and that they all are valued. What's coming up next for the volleyball team? We've got um, Wellesley, Mount Holyoke, and Clark at Smith College, I believe. So that should be really fun. Get to play some some new teams, some good competition. Going
0: outside the NESCAC there, what, what are some things the team's going to be really focused on to prepare for these matches?
3: I would say, like always, we're focused on the controllables, so keeping our energy high, good communication, just um, – not making the errors, forcing the other team to make the errors is really how you win volleyball.
0: As a senior, how have you seen like your game kind of develop through the years? I know we talked a few years back. I remember when you were a first year, you just you came on one match and had a big match and you've been playing basically ever since. What's that been like for you?
3: It's really been such a fun experience. I would say relative to some of my other teammates, I started playing volleyball a little bit later. I didn't play at all till my freshman year of high school so for me it's just like every opportunity i get has been a learning experience i feel like i'm always getting better at the game learning new things like it's it's a physical game but it's also very mental like you can always watch film and get a good strategy for what you want to do against specific opponents great well
0: you mentioned the kind of late start i guess starting in high school so When you were in high school, what prompted you to go out for the team at all? And then also, at what point did you decide, I could play this in college?
3: So I actually really remember right before my freshman year started, I was considering trying out just because it seemed like so much fun, but I was very, very nervous, and one of my good friends was like, Sydney, are you trying out? And I was like, oh, I I don't know. I might not. I don't know if I'll make it. And she was like, just try. Like, you never know. So I ended up trying out and made the freshman team, then got bumped up to JV, and then um, really I would say my junior year – was when I thought maybe this could be a, a thing I continue. And then I started looking for colleges I could play at and Bates just seemed right. Yeah, how did
0: Bates first come on your radar, kind of?
3: I ended up going to the summer Bates Volleyball Clinic there. I met two of the girls who would be my seniors my freshman year. And I met Coach Duran and I just loved the campus. I loved the practice style that was heavily focused on play like triples and everything and i just thought i would have a lot of fun here
0: so now as a senior season kind of you know in the middle of it right now what are some goals you have in your mind for the remainder of the season here
3: really my focus for the rest of the season is just to take advantage of every moment. It went by so fast, and I just really want to have fun with the girls and finish off my season strong.
0: All right, Sydney Phillips, Female Bobcat of the Week, thanks so much. Thank you. The cross-country teams competed Saturday at their first large meet of the season, the Connecticut College Invitational. The men's team finished 6 out of 26 teams, led, as they have been every week, by senior captain jackson donahue donahue plays 16th out of 192 individuals and he is our male bobcat of the week Connecticut college invitational obviously a good chance for the men's cross country team really to see where you're at kind of what were your thoughts on the race
4: yeah thanks for having me um you yeah, know it's a good race for us uh we kind of training right through it so putting together some big training weeks so we didn't have maybe the best day as a team but not the worst day and I think i'm i'm pretty optimistic about what this means for the rest of the season
0: take us through your race personally like on that course what was it like
4: right yeah so i raced that course two years ago uh, no three years ago i was a freshman mm. so i kind of knew it a little bit but it was really muddy and it was really packed back then um and now as a senior coming back and running uh two minutes faster uh i was able to kind of just go out fast, hang in there, and then just move up throughout the race. It's a pretty flat course, pretty straightforward, so, yeah, not much to it.
0: And it was cool to see that, you know, the top runners for Bates were all within, like, basically a minute, right, of each other?
4: Yeah, yeah, uh, putting together a strong pack as always, um, you know, that's how we've been training, and that's been the plan all year, so, yeah, executed well.
0: You've got Nescaps coming up in like a couple weeks, right? Two weeks? So what's going to be the approach during training these next couple of weeks to get ready for NESCACs?
4: Um We're starting to take the miles down just a little bit. we still got like a month until nationals, so not too much. Um, we're still, still maintaining fitness as much as we can. Um, but, yeah, sharpening a little bit, tuning up a bit, um, maybe decreasing the, uh, the volume of the workouts a little bit and building the intensity. Um, yeah getting ready and I think we're on the right track you know I think we've done pretty much everything right so far so yeah
0: you mentioned that uh you and Bart Russ are the captains right mm-hmm. so what what are your approach to leadership kind of as one of the captains
4: um personally I you know I, I try to lead as least as possible it's a good group you know so I I try to just be one of the guys and you know set a good example and you know if I have to step in as a as a bad cop, so to speak. Maybe I have to, but, uh, you know, try not to do that.
0: <laughs> sure, and then before the Connecticut College Invitation was the St. Joseph's uh, meet, which was a chance for some of the younger guys to get a chance. How cool is it to see, to, to see what they can
4: do? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you know, we we love going to St. Joe's and uh, putting together our, like, you know, 14 through 30 runners, but still winning the meet by a lot. Uh, I think we had, like, seven out of the top eight in that meet. Uh, got to see Andrew Motter, Cam Stathos, uh dan mcconnell they all did really well and yeah it was, it was awesome to watch and it's a good experience for those guys to you know lead a race and everything
0: and then con also had two there there were two races right there was the race you were in there was a separate race also that featured some bobcats as well right
4: yeah yeah um there's the white race at 10 and then or 11 and then our blue race was at one yeah um and they looked good too uh you know it was A lot of them, you know, pretty young and, you know, like we said, the freshmen and sophomores is their first year of AKs. So uh, it's a good experience for them to get on a fast course and and just rip it up. The women's cross country team was outscored only by three perennial division three powers while the Bobcats outraced several
0: others as they finished fourth out of 26 teams at the Conn College Invitational. Junior Joe Richardson finished 8th out of 206 runners to lead the way. Head coach Jay Hartshorn breaks down the meet and looks forward to the rest of the season.
5: Well, it was really exciting because now that we have 10 regions, that meet is even more of an interregional competition. So we got to see some teams that we won't see again because there is no New England meet this year. Um, a lot of the really competitive teams we will see again at NESCAC. It had eight of the 11 NESCAC schools were there. So that was a lot of the competition. And then a few schools that were outside of New England, um, like RPI was there. A team from the West Coast was there, George Fox. So it was really good for... The women, we've just had competitive meets with smaller meets, so it was funny to be on the line um, with so many different athletes when we haven't had that experience yet.
0: And it was cool because it was broken up between, like, two different races, right? You had uh, some of your top runners and then some of your younger runners as well got an opportunity.
5: Yeah, they were sort of going back and forth on how to do the format of it and ended up saying that you could put eight um, in the – well, you know I guess varsity race and then um everybody else could be in the open race so we did quite well in both which was really exciting we were third in the open race and some people had some really good good m- like meets um so that was great and it's necessary cuz we can run 15 at NESCAC, so you don't want to be cutting down your roster size too much so both races really were um valuable in terms of moving forward and making decisions and getting ready for NESCAC and regionals and
0: then Jill Richardson what more can you say about her she led the team again this weekend
5: yeah that's (laughs) that's her role (laughs) one (laughs) that she takes on although it's funny everybody's nervous especially at a meet like that when this is like your first big meet in two years um And I did hear her before someone said, how are you doing? I heard her say, I'm nervous, but that's good. Like you need to be nervous, but this is the first time that we were sort of like, all right, let's go after it a little bit more. She actually went after it a little bit too much. (laughs) She went out really, really hard, like really hard, but that was a really good learning experience because she hung on really well. But I think if she just is a little bit more composed in that first mile, she can, you know, run even faster, but kind of proved to herself. Like who she can run with within the conference in new england and that was exciting
0: in the past you wanted to go out of region maybe once but new england region is just so strong it's it's good to get that competition right
5: yeah because our our now region won't be nearly as competitive as this meet was mm-hmm. so and neither will be nescax nescax is still really competitive but there won't be nearly as many people right. in it and so it will definitely have a different feel so it's something that now we'll have to consider for like future years of whether you want to get the inter-regional competition, you know, just by kind of staying local or if we'll still try to fly out to Oberlin or something like that in another year. Um, you know, you pick up wins at this meet. So we beat Amherst and Williams and they're not in our region now. So those are mm-hmm. but really good wins for us. Um, and hopefully we can do it again when we get to NESCAC, you know, so everyone's kind of still trying to pick up wins um, against each other, but these ones definitely will count and, and help us for sure.
0: you like you're neck and neck with Tufts, right?
5: Yeah, well they, when we competed against them earlier this year and beat them pretty handedly, they were missing like a really good runner mm-hmm. that we knew would be back, you know, it wasn't like she was out <laughs> and right. so she was very much back this weekend, but uh, Nescax will be a little bit different because there's not as many in between people. So um it's it will play itself out differently because there are fewer teams. Um and it's hard to predict sometimes whether that helps you or hurts you. Um, but I know we can still improve, but every team feels like they can still improve. Like that's that's the goal and yeah. I think everybody is there.
0: Right. The other teams aren't standing still, right? <laughs>
5: right, yeah. Nobody's <laughs> like, Oh, I'm done, you yeah. know, I'm just sort of on autopilot now. Um and then Brandeis was very good mm-hmm. and they're in our region too. They have their UAA meet is a really important meet because the whole thing's out of region when you're talking right. about who they, you know, go all the way, Chicago, St. Louis, they cover a whole bunch of different regions down to Emory. So Um, and it sort of matters, like, who they beat, we beat them, you know, that sort of whole formula that gets really confusing. So
0: just looking at the team in general, How does this kind of team, do you, do you ever find yourself comparing it to previous teams you've had in recent years in terms of depth or in terms of, like, you know, speed that you see or whatnot? Um,
5: yeah, I do a little bit, but it's also, you know, every team is, like, so unique and, um with having like two years off that felt really different so the way that we're very very different this year is just how deep we are you know it's hard to figure out even who our top 15 are because it it will be different every single day and so other good teams that we've had have not had this amount of depth and so that makes this team like really unique and really different um it's hard to compare any times. Like I looked at a meet, like we ran at Con college years ago, but I know there were very different weather days. It was actually really hot down there and mm. really, really humid. Like I kept being like, is it raining? I mean, they were, everyone was just like so sweaty and we have not been training in that kind of weather. It's been beautiful for training. And so we were down there like, oh my gosh, this feels like a lot. Um, so the times were like fast, but we've run that course faster but you know a different time of year so I don't really look like too much difference but this does I guess if it was going to remind me of anything it would be um, my first team at Bates who went to nationals where we at that point kind of had like a clear front runner and then on any given day it was really mixed up from there and so it really reminds me of that team.
0: Yeah when you have a clear front runner like that what do you say to jill about strategy wise because normally you try to run as a pack but she seems to be she's out in front quite a bit at the end
5: yeah so she's everybody else is running as a pack and yeah. she's not you right. know um <laughs> but that's we don't necessarily like train that way she has people to, sure. to train with but um that's really unfolded that we know that she's gonna be like a, a chunk ahead and and some of our other races um we tried to like hold her back a little bit just to like see if anybody else could run with her but now really when we go into races it's like we have jill sort of going out and trying to establish her position and then tara ellard is very good at pacing and sort of knowing like what feels Mm -hmm. right it has a lot more experience than the vast majority of this team um some of this team, even if they're upperclassmen, this might be their first year running varsity. Um, you know, somebody like Sarah Gallagher, who's having a really good year. Well, she's a junior, but this is her first year of running in cross country races at Bates. Yeah. So we're really trying to use Tara to kind of help set the pace because she's very, very good and very steady at that, and um, that really helps everybody else to just be like, if I can see her and I can feed off of her. And that was a little bit hard at Kahn because they have a really this sort of weird long downhill straightaway and then a pretty sharp left turn. So we had people just falling everywhere. Everyone's like, I fell and I fell. Oh. And yeah, so when you fall and you're trying to stay together, you lose that person. So they weren't in the first chunk like as, you know, steady as we normally are in terms of a group. But when we go to NESCAC, it will be a lot easier to run that way because there's, fewer people so you don't have to kind of like run as round as many people and it's easier to see and have good sight lines yeah
0: when you have i saw the photos like so many people at the start. it's like you just want to trip and fall right
5: yeah and i mean that's the whole reason they um, had to go to more regions because that course that felt crowded with 26 teams well, they were going to be the regional site for all of New England with 65 teams. You can barely you can't get around that first no. corner without having some kind of crash and there's a bunch of bushes so the, they're supposed to call you back if it happens within a certain amount but it happens on the other side of these bushes so they can't even see. So it's just I mean that's that's the whole reason the NCAA had to like go to more regions is cuz in new england and another one in the east you just could not find host sites to fit everybody on the starting line
0: what's your regimen here leading up to nescax in a couple of weeks
5: yeah this is a good time of year because you've got uh, like that every other weekend kind of thing so we are bringing some people to the uh, meet at boden this weekend okay. because we have such a big team and you want to give people yeah. opportunities to compete and to develop and feel like their season didn't end super early so we'll bring 10 people there and then um you know we go Nescox next weekend at Wickham Park hosted by Trinity and then we have 2 weeks off before our regional meet in Boston so it's easy traveling um it's nice to have 2 weeks off and to train hard but then also have some like rest and recovery and so it's a pretty it's a pretty good schedule in terms of gaining not just us but everybody set up to have their best races. All right Jay
0: Harshman, thanks so much. Thank you. The Women's Collegiate Eights race at the head the Charles Regatta debuted in 2002. Bates won the race for the first time in 2014. They did it again in 2017 setting a course record along the way. They followed that up by winning again in 2018 and 2019 becoming the first Women's Collegiate Eights team ever to win the event three years in a row. But in 2020, the regatta was canceled due to the pandemic. It's back this year, and the women and men are sending their most boats ever. Head coach Peter Steenstra previews this Sunday's action.
6: Yeah, well, we're excited for a lot of reasons. The head of the Charles is kind of like the big family reunion for rowing in the United States. So we're, I'm excited to just see all those coaches that I haven't seen in over you know, over a year, Some in some cases, two years. So that alone is just something to look forward to. Um, to have, once again, some big representation of returning to some normalcy is is really exciting. So I know that the team is excited to race hard, and we're taking a big group, and um it's looking like it might be a nice
0: weekend with the weather so uh yeah just really looking forward to it i was gonna say the big group i think the biggest ever right you got the 1v and the 2v for both the men and the women plus fours for both the men and the women right yeah yeah we're taking 46 people down to race and that that's a huge group for us what are your thoughts on you know getting to see maybe where some of the first years are at even and and even like some of the sophomores who maybe didn't get a chance last year right right well on the
6: women's side you know we've we graduated a big class, yeah. and so we've peppered in a lot of uh, a lot of younger folks, which has been a lot of fun. So we're getting some coxswains in there that are either a first year with uh, Haggy who's in the four, or we've got two sophomores with Del Cole and Celine, who are who are in the eights. And uh, although they've probably been down the course before in their own in their own history, they haven't been been down this course for the for the eights. Um, but yeah, we've got a first year that's in the, uh, in the 1V, and so that's exciting. We've got a first year in the 2V. Um, so it's a, it's a good mixed group, and it's, it's uh, a lot of depth.
0: Yeah, you touched on the young coxswains, and for those who don't know, this is a very coxswain-focused race almost, right?
6: Yeah, a lot of it comes down to them being yeah. able to not just uh, steer a good line through a crooked course, but also being able to manage all the traffic
0: that's going on around them. For those who don't know, I mean, it's way different from the spring. The spring is 2Ks straight ahead. This is, what, 5K with turns and bridges.
6: Yeah, a little less than 5K, okay. but turns, bridges, and most importantly, you've got uh, 48s going down the same race course at the same time. And so we're spread out every 15 seconds or so. But um, with, like, the men's second boat is racing. They're bound number 42. So there are 41 shells ahead of them. Yeah that all started within just a, a five or six minutes or so. There's all sorts of things that could have happened or that can happen in front of them that they're just gonna be driving into. So that's gonna be exciting for uh, Aiden Braithwaite, who we call him Brady, but it's gonna be uh, pretty fun for him to, to, get, to strap on the, the old racing boat and, and uh, see what happens as he's going down the course.
0: And it's particularly challenging because you don't really know where you're ranking as you go. No, no, you no. don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the
6: fastest crew could be somewhere in the middle of the pack, could be bow number 11 or 12 or, or 20 for that matter. Um, so, you know, when we're up there with, with bow number 1, um, you can't rely upon bow 2 in order to push you hard. It could be that bow 2 isn't, isn't a very fast boat at all. And so you get this false sense of security as you're going down the course you might be pulling away and thinking, wow, this is great. I, I think we're going to take this easily, but that very much is not uh, the, the the case. So you've really got to keep it, uh, you know, keep the pressure on.
0: So how's the training been going this fall so far here on the sky? It's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um,
6: we've had two weeks of almost no wind. It's been warm. It's been sunny. It, it's been beautiful. So we haven't uh, I think we lost one day or two days early on because of high winds. We had some lightning at one point, so we couldn't get out.
0: But other than that, it has been a gorgeous fall. Excellent. And um, what's, I mean, the training, I think you've told me before, it doesn't really change just because you have the Charles, right? It's the same training you would do in the yeah. spring? Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're training, we're
6: getting a lot more miles in, mm. and we're not working quite so high in our stroke rating. Oh, okay. So we're not really doing the super high intense work. But mm. but it's, it's purely a developmental focus, um, trying to lay a real good groundwork on the technical aspects of what we're trying to do. When we have a such a huge influx of new folks who have not even had a fall season, it's more than just the first year class. It's also the sophomores. You know, they didn't get a fall right. last year either. Um, so bringing everyone up to speed with what are kind of like the traditions of the Bates Boathouse is taking... I mean, they, they're doing it quickly, but we have to take the time to do it right. So that's what's going on here. Do you have
0: captains yet? We do. Tell us about your cat.
6: <laughs> well, now you get, now I got to remember uh. <laughs> Stephen Sparks and uh, yeah. Max Caballero and then we've got Lily Kinder and Kate Richards, who we call Ricky Bobby. Um, but <laughs> the four of them are doing a, a fabulous job. I know that on the men's side, um, Stephen and Max did a great job communicating with the guys, and and they all arrived, you know, with a lot of fitness. Under their under their belt, so so they're really prepared to start this fall with with racing preparation instead of just training. So that was a nice a nice bonus to the, to the start of this year. And with the on the women's side, it's been having such a huge class that graduated. It's been a lot of uh, you know the the captains keeping in touch with um, the, the the team, but also like trying to bring all the new people into the fold, and we have quite a large freshman class in addition to a whole pile of walk-ons. So people that they couldn't even communicate with over the summer because they didn't know that they were going to try it yet, right? Right. So it's been a lot of uh, getting to know each other on the women's side, I think, and, and it's going
0: well. Well, Kinder in particular, we did a story when she was a first year. She was a walk-on. She had barely rode ever and Mm -hmm. stepped right into the 2V, and it's kind of cool to see her now as a captain, right?
6: It is. Um, I think it's very fitting, and she is a phenomenal athlete to say the least. But, um, yeah, it it is a good storyline. You know, she came in having never done it before. She was a basketball player and and just wanted to try that that new thing, And, and she found this, and it really fit for her. Um, and I think that she's been a great champion for those who are are trying the sport for the first time as well. She's bringing them in, but at the same time she's able to put a lot of her focus on her fellow varsity eight bodies and and, and kind of lead them in this way that is this is the work that we have to do and 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 here's where we are. <laughs>
0: Now, for the women, they've won this the collegiate collegiate's now three years in a row, if I'm not mistaken.
6: Yep, I yeah. think so.
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever won it four times in a row. Uh, so, no. I mean, <laughs> is there even talk of, like, trying to, you know, make that history? Uh, No. 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 <laughs> I mean, we're
6: really focused on the crews right now. It's taken quite a while to sort them out mm-hmm. because we have a very evenly matched group of women. Um, so it, it's... Uh, it's a boat that is just now set, and we get a few days to try to gel a little bit and see what they can come up with. But the good news is, from top to bottom, this is a boathouse full of fighters, they, and they just love to race. So we're not, we're not talking about you know what it means to, to win this again. What we're talking about is, here's what we have to do in order to put down the very best race that we possibly can. And, we, and that's what's going to happen.
0: Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap how the Bobcats do at the head of the Charles and look at how four of our fall sports teams do at home Saturday against the always-tough Williams College Eves. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, right till right the right the right for a